Yeah, it's supposed to cover that. It's working. How is it now? It's good. Okay, all right. All right, so the first question is as follows. You are known as the expert for the Vedic cult, expert on Vedic culture. Why are you so attracted with this culture? When did you first get to know this culture? Well, in Vedic culture there's a saying... uh, where there's no tree, a castor plant passes as a tree. A castor plant, do you, you get that here? What's that? Castor plant, they, from which you get castor seeds and you make castor oil. Oh, yeah. Uh, castor, you know that? It, it, it's... Well, it's... You, you could call it a tree, but no, it's, it's like an overgrown plant. So... That's the saying, where there's there's no trees, a castor plant can pass as a tree. So you've said that I'm an expert on Vedic culture, so to you it may seem like that. Or someone may have told you that. But uh, expert means I I spend many years in India and I keep my eyes and ears open, but I haven't done any systematic study. I've, I've spoken with many people, lived with different people, and visited many holy places, and read a few books, and this and that. But I have those books. Well, you, if that banana box is out there, did you see my books? On I, I would, I would be happy to see them. There's. Uh, Excuse me, for how many years um, do you live in India already? Ah, uh, well, let me see. I, I first went to India in 1976 just to visit. I was there for six weeks. Then I went to, in 1977 to stay. And I've been based in India since then. And, and I spent many years in Bangladesh, which is culturally part of India. Culturally very close to India. Where's that? Glimpses of traditional Indian life. Of this, uh, and then... Um, and I spent... In, in, in that time, I also spent time in Thailand, Malaysia... Neighboring countries, Burma, but it's uh, in the same cultural area. This this book, glimpses, is there, and the uh, yeah, there's one book I wrote with others, and then there's the uh, there's this pilgrimage book also. So there's a couple of books. And purifying the heart. You got something on purifying the heart. Maybe that was another book. I I read something on it. Yeah, that that wasn't my book. Yeah. So these are because you asked about the culture. This one is translated. I don't have the English version. It's in Pravatsky. Oh, that's okay. Um, so uh, this culture, yeah, I I've been living in it for most of my life. This most of this life. And you still live in. Yeah, I'm still, I'm just, I visit the West once a year, but I spend nine months a year in India. Mm-hmm. India, Bangladesh, mostly in India. But what attracted me to this culture, actually, I didn't come looking for the culture, but I came looking for what's the purpose of life, and that led me to India. And it's quite possible to go to India and not find out about the Vedic culture at all. If you live in Bombay and you're just interested in doing business, 
you can be uh, pretty much westernized and not not have much touch with the culture at all. So it depends what you do, where you go, what your purpose is. But uh, yeah, I find the culture attractive, the the original culture, because it's based on uh, fulfilling a higher purpose of life than simply working hard, making some money and eating something and living in some place and going through your life without thinking at all. What are we here for? Why are we here? Who is God? What is our relationship with Him? So the uh, original Indian culture, it's, it's very broad actually. In the, in the original culture, it's not even that everyone was theistic. There are atheists also. But the, uh, for the last at least few hundred years, the, the Indian culture has been strongly has been strong theistic uh, bent. Why? Well, why? Because the purpose of life is to understand God and from time to time he comes himself and sends his representatives and they highly influence people. So the Indian culture, it's, it's very broad. I was speaking about it last night and this morning, some points about that. Um, the two main... F- philosophical streams which merge together in Vedic culture are personalism and impersonalism. Bhakti and the more uh, yeah, impersonalism where, the, where the, the idea is that everything is one. Generally in the West, people think that even the dictionary definitions are given of Hinduism, as ultimately everyone believes that everything is one, which is not true at all. Whoever made those dictionary entries, they didn't do their homework properly, because there are there are uh, philosophers in, in India who are strongly opposed to this idea that everything is one. I mean, very strongly opposed, and so. Uh, yeah, what, what is the culture? The culture is that culture which facilitates God-realization. Um, we'll find uh, a very deep and ancient culture. If we go to... Can I open this up? We'll find there's many ancient temples. And originally the temples were not just buildings as they are now, but they were centers of... Uh, elaborate rituals, still some of the rituals are going on Uh, and very importantly centers of learning and um, scholarship based on the the Vedic literature Gurukul 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 well the Gurukuls were schools literally schools but when you graduate from the school you could for instance go to uh, uh, be a priest at one of these temples. That's that's not the temple. That's the you, that's the uh, gateway, one of the four gates at the entrance to the Sri Rangam temple. This is one of the most spectacular temples. Yeah, you should go and visit.
go and visit there. This is a smaller temple like this. So they're big temples, small temples, but originally they were they were seats of great culture with very learned and highly cultured people, the Brahmanas. So still there are such people. We few can meet them. Or many. Few, few. Few, few. Yeah. The number is decreasing. Rapidly? Rapidly, well, no, it's already, the, the rapid decreasing has already taken place, and there, there are just a few fighting for survival. Oh, God. But uh, it, it won't die out because um, there are Brahmanas from traditional families who have, who have decided that, well, we want to follow our culture, and they're doing that. There are several who, uh, some of them, they were, had jobs, highly paying jobs, and they just left it and came back to be the priests in the temples. And some never, some of them, they just never went to the modern secular life. They just go on with their culture. But it's difficult. It's a very complex situation. The government in India has made it very difficult for for Brahmanas to be Brahmanas, because previously they were they were supported by kings, and then the government became secular, and then they they threw out all the kings, and uh, the government took over most of the temples, and they, they they just take all the money out, and the Brahmanas are paid. They might be paid forty rupees a month or something, which was sufficient at one point in time, but 40 rupees, you, you can't even cover your family's one breakfast for 40 rupees nowadays. So the, the government is instrumental in killing the culture. It's a long history. Actually, that was the idea of the first prime minister. He hated India's culture, the first prime minister of, of independent India. So I discussed that to some extent, and it is briefly in this book, The Message to Youth of India, but it's a, it's a great history. And it's suppressed also, because in the schools they don't teach you this. As, that's what we were discussing. And in the schools they just teach you a bunch of lies to make you a moron that, so you can function in this foolish society. So, uh, why was I attracted with this culture? Yeah, because it, it, uh, it is cultured. I mean, what's the alternative? You can live in Slovenia or India and just pass your life without even thinking, what, what is the purpose of life? Most people, they don't even think. They just get into the stream and earn some money and live their lives and then they retire and then they die. And they never think, what are we here for? Or they become an official member of a religion or they're born into some religion. And they, they also don't think. They just officially, they go to church or whatever. But they don't actually think. Who is God? What is our relationship with Him? So this culture is, uh, the Vedic culture is meant for, or the, especially the Vaishnava culture, it's meant for understanding and living our lives in a way that we can understand God, who He is, not just believe in God. Who is God? Don't know. Don't ask. <laughs> Do ask. We should know. If we're supposed to dedicate our lives to God, and we should know who He is and what He wants of us. Simply some believe, just believe. 
That's funny. Nothing more to say. How can any intelligent person do that? The, uh, actually, the, the history of the church in the West has been one of uh, suppressing intellectual belief. That's why uh, intellectual belief among the masses, but that's why there was the rift and the so-called enlightenment. I mean, just like, for instance, you, you know all those things that when they had Roman numerals, and then when they introduced Arabic numerals, which are actually from India, but they came by... The church, they were against that. The Catholic church. And, uh, you, you know, you're in danger of being burned at the stake for using the, the numerals that we use now, which are far more... Uh, try and do multiplication with Roman numerals. You, you can't do higher mathematics because they're, they're unwieldy. So that's just an example. Anyway, I don't want to get too much into bashing the West, but culturally it's uh, the modern world and what's come out of the so-called enlightenment is decrepit, just like we, we were discussing just now. The, the main business on the internet, they call it the, what's that, the, inf- the age of information, where the main business is pornography. So what is that after so much... So much so-called enlightenment, and then the, the the pinnacle of all this technological uh, research, and then coupled with the freedom that the enlightenment has brought, is pornography. It's very low class. So this is a much higher culture that is meant for understanding who we are, what is our relationship with God. Acting in that culture, there are certain principles. No meat-eating, no gambling, no illicit sex, no intoxication. Without which people... Where's the culture? I don't know about... I don't know about Slovenia, but I'm from London. If you go out in London, Friday night, Saturday night, there's hordes of drunken people. Yeah, wandering the streets and often not very safe. They can just attack you. Football fans, they can just attack you. What is this? This is culture? Slaughterhouses where they they very scientifically, very systematically kill millions of animals, literally millions. This is culture, this is not culture. So, uh, please list the most important characteristics of Vedic culture. Well, I just said them no meat eating, no gambling, no illicit sex. There's the nose, and then there's the, it's not just restriction, but there's the positive side. That is that human life is meant for God-realization. We got this birth. After many births, we have human life. And this should be utilized for uh, understanding who are we. The education should be there. What is our relationship with God? Why are we suffering in this world? We're suffering birth, death, old age and disease. How can we get free from that? So these are the important characteristics. Excuse me, do you want to say that the educational system in Vedic culture um, had this education maybe in kindergarten about God, who is God? Well, the the culture means that it's all-pervasive. It's not just in the school. It doesn't begin in the school. It begins in the home. 
The, the children the education begins in the home. So even before going to the kindergarten is the home. Uh, and then there's formal schooling. Yeah, but from the beginning there's instruction on these subjects. Yeah. And yeah, not just instruction. The children from the beginning of life they'll be in the kirtan or going to the temple and from the beginning they'll see all these things. And and the various usages in the, in the cultured, in the Vaishnava families, they won't they'll see that before food is taken it's offered to Krishna. So it, it's imbibed osmotically from the beginning of life. That's culture, all culture, whether it's Slovene culture or Vedic culture, whatever it is, it's it's imbibed from the beginning. So list the main preferences of Vedic culture in comparing with our modern culture. I think we're going over that. Many people in these days would agree that the Vedic culture, education and knowledge seem very old-fashioned. What would be your answer for them? Well, the idea of it being old-fashioned is based on uh, the Western idea that uh, everything is advancing, society is getting better, whatever is in the past, because it was in the past, it must be ignorant. And now we have more knowledge, and everything's getting better. So we should follow whatever's modern and new. So the very basis of the question is uh, foolish, actually. So, uh, yeah, knowledge. What knowledge is there in modern life? They don't even they don't even know the first point of Vedic culture that. Uh, we are changing from body to body to body. We we are not. We don't come into existence at birth. That before birth we lived. This is the first instruction of Bhagavad Gita. That we don't come into being with the with the body. We are conscious, living beings. The body is a vehicle in which we are presently trapped. But we are not the body. We are conscious, living beings. So that's not old-fashioned. <laughs> that's, that's a fact which doesn't change. And if you say this is old-fashioned, well, it's the old-fashioned is better than the new fashion. Go, go downtown and look at all the fashions. This is a very... Our fashion is not chasing after fashion, which is another foolish pursuit of the modern society. The fashion always... Whatever you're wearing, you have to throw it out after three months and get some new fashion, and always a changing fashion. We don't bother with all these things. We, we have one style of dressing, and uh, we, we don't bother trying to decorate the body in various ways. Maybe in some festivals, the women especially, they'll wear nice saris and this and that. But uh, but whatever the dress style fixed, and go on with the p- real purpose of life, which is to understand God. Actually, talking about fashion. 
Traditionally in India, you'll see, even now, the poorest woman, she'll have some gold on her body. Even if it's from the poorest, but they'll have at least gold earrings, at the very least. Except now the modern young women, they don't like to wear any gold, because they think it's old-fashioned. <laughs> but otherwise, everywhere, they're, they're, they're men and women, traditionally, not just the women, but the men also have earrings with diamonds and this and that. So uh, the new fashion of dressing and having some plastic bangles at most and some uh, factory-produced jeans. What kind of fashion is it? It's a very backward fashion, actually. What they call, what they think is so advanced, we look at it and see that they're just wearing something which came out of a factory, or as we're wearing handmade clothes. Better. You can, this is good, you can wash it every day, change it every day, always clean. Whereas these jeans, they wear it till it stinks practically, isn't it? And they like to show that it's, they, they make it new to look as if it's old. As if it's already worn out. With some holes. Yeah, everyone can see that it's just made by a machine, the holes. Very strange. Education, old-fashioned. Yeah. Good. What's, what's the great thing? To be fashionable means to be foolish, that's all. Means that someone has decided, now you should be like this. And just like a bunch of rabbits, they all follow. So better not be, not be fashionable. That's our answer. Do you believe that it's possible that modern Western people could live according to the Vedic principles and rules of conduct? And that's similar to the question which comes... What changes should we bring into our lives to reach that principle in everyday living? Do you believe it's possible that the majority of people really make positive changes in their thinking, behaving and activities? I think they should do. And the time is right for that. Because modern society is at a dead end. People can understand that life is miserable what's the use of this society people at one time when I was a child they were speaking about progress and how the world is going to be wonderful and in 10 years no one will be working because everything will be done by machines and we'll just have lots of free time and we'll enjoy ourselves and all this modern mythology but nowadays uh, you can speak to practically anyone and just tell them, look, hey, the whole society is cheating you. You, you. you work hard, they take it all away in taxes. Whatever little they give you, you go to buy something in the shop, and that's also taxed. And uh, the politicians, they don't have your best interest in hard. The, the teachers, they also, for them it's just a job. And who cares for you? Even the parents don't care for you. You're lucky if you... If you if you're not aborted, you get past that. The, the parents, you, you, the kids come home, there's no father or mother there. It's a, it's a mess, the modern society. So society is ready for a change. They should be ready for a change. You need a change. They, 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 just on whim, the, the, the leaders, they'll, they just say, now we're at war. Now this country is at war. And then they send all people off to get killed for some... Uh, for some economic gain for some few people. Society needs a change. And they, they, they keep people uh, mesmerized with 
with drugs and they, they say you know, they have all this technology by which they can uh, yeah, they have all this te- they can take this also, he probably has that they have all this technology by which they can spy on they made this technology during, during, during the Cold War, they were boasting that sitting in America they can read, if someone drops a Kopeck coin on the street in Moscow, they can read the writing on it, and they can't stop you know, tons and tons of marijuana and Heroin coming into the cocaine. They can't stop it. Seems suspicious to me. So yeah, they keep the people drugged up. The education system just feeds them a bunch of, uh, you know, yesterday's breakfast. Um, anyway, the uh, feces stool, a bunch of... <laughs> Rubbish and uh, the TV also. Yes, the TV. Just gives you a bunch of rubbish and and uh, they 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 want people to be stupid, actually. So people, if if they have any brain left, then they should look for an alternative to modern society. But people, they see, they they they. They don't. That's the way they're, they're brought up. Just oh, so much effort. Just, uh, just go along with it. Uh, things are bad. Okay, drink something, smoke something, watch something on the TV, and just forget it. That's all. Have sex. Just entertainment. It's just too much effort to try and make any difference. But uh, yeah, people should wake up. How? How? They can take to Krishna consciousness. We offer an alternative. Why, uh, why live as a, as a zombie? You're not content. The whole society is going to hell. Your children might kill you. It's not unusual. They, they become a drug addict and then they, they just kill their parents. Or... You know, it's just that the society is getting worse and we don't know how bad it's going to get. Of course, maybe in Slovenia it's not as bad, but it's all coming here. I mean, it was unimaginable a short time ago that kids could walk into a school and shoot a whole bunch of people dead. Kids! But it's, it's becoming normal now. How bad can it get? Where's the end of it all? So we're saying it's... if. Even if the mass doesn't take to it, each individual, yourself, also, should, could, should consider, what is the direction of my life? Do I have to live like this? Is there nothing better? Can't I have a more noble ideal than simply eating and earning some money and having no friends and no one cares for you, actually? You see, the parents don't care for the children, children don't care for the parents, and then they end up with the dog, that's all. The dog is the best friend. That's all. So, what should we bring into our lives to reach that principles in our everyday living? Yeah, we follow these principles of pure living, and uh, study Bhagavad Gita, which gives knowledge of who we are, we are not the body, the body is temporary, we are eternal, when the body dies we continue to live. 
what we do in this life, what kind of consciousness we cultivate that determines our next life. So we should uh, cultivate the consciousness by which we will become elevated, whereas the consciousness of people in the modern world is simply degraded. So we can, yeah, we can take it up in our life. It's practical. Here's Hanuman Das. What are your company director in Zagreb? And you're running some company with someone in America, is it? What are you doing? What's your... He's, also, he's a married man. You're also a married man. What are you doing? Computer technician. So, you can live in the world, as it's stated in Bhagavad Gita, you can live in the world like a lotus, which lives in the water, but it's above the water. And even if the, even if the, the lotus, even if the water drops on it, it won't stay, it will fall down. So it can be in the society, but not of it. That's our suggestion. We don't have to partake of everything they give to us. Yeah, positive change, majority of people, yeah, I think it's time, isn't it? There have been major societal changes which have taken place. Generally it's been somewhat gradual, just like the uh, pre-Christian world became the Christian world. It was gradual, but it's, it's, it's a major change. And then the Christian world became the modern... There was the whole of Europe, it used to be called Christendom. In English there's a word Christendom. You have that word in your language also? It means the, where there's Christianity. And then they considered, they considered the Islamic countries and they didn't know about much beyond that. That was the heathens. But the modern Christendom, I mean, practically everyone's a pagan. They, they called it... They, most people nowadays, by what people previously thought, would be pagans. Actually, they don't have, they don't care about it anymore. So, please give the historical description of Vedic civilization, its beginning and end, and state the place. Uh, well, the place on this planet is India. That's the center of it, but it uh, was widely spread all over the world, just like someone just came in and told me about uh, folk culture in Macedonia of song. They have songs about Krishna. It was widely spread all over the world, but when, Christi- when Christianity took over in the Western world, they destroyed as far as possible the old culture, so there's not much known about it. But uh, the, the previously all over the world, this culture was there. The pyramids, and, that's, that's, uh, and there, there's so much information actually, which is like so many other things suppressed. Uh, it won't come in, your, in the regular education system of how they have found uh, ancient cultures, even uh, hundreds and thousands and even millions of years old. But... This is all suppressed because it doesn't fit with their theories. But uh, deity, Vedic deities, the, the forms which in modern English they call idols, that's not a very good term, but they've, they've found them all over the world. And they're going, going on finding them, but it, it doesn't come out into the public because it doesn't fit the... It doesn't fit what uh, the educationists want us to believe. They prefer 
Darwin's Darwin's theory and then the idea that the pinnacle of of human thought is what has come out of the uh, of the the West the fact that there were there were highly advanced civilizations just like the numbers came from India but India since the uh, practically since the 19th century has been deliberately and systematically Indian culture from the West has been deliberately and systematically ridiculed, undermined, minimized. Because what happened when the uh, the British, especially where they went there, and they found themselves faced with a culture which was superior, and they didn't want to accept that, so they made a program to deliberately uh, undermine that. It's a big history. Uh, how that's been undermined. Historically, historical description. Uh, Again, this question seems to be based on the the linear uh, conception of time, which actually came out of the uh, biblical or the Abrahamic traditions, the idea that God created the world at some point in time, at some point Jesus came, at some point Moses came, at some point Muhammad came, and then it will all finish at some point in time, and then it will all be over, and few people will go to heaven, and the rest all go to hell. And, but the modern science, so-called scientific idea follows that they've picked up this idea from the Abrahamic traditions. That there's a beginning, and there's an end. It's all over. But the Vedas describe that time in the material world, it it goes in cycles. There's creation, sustenance, and destruction. And then again, creation, sustenance, and destruction. It's not just that in massive space, in just some blip of time, all of a sudden there's human beings and we're sitting here, and then it'll all be over. But uh, consciousness is an eternal principle. The soul, the nature of the soul is consciousness. So that's an eternal principle. And we uh, eternally exist. That means that the world, this material world, which is only a, a reflection of the spiritual world, where there is no creation, there is no destruction. So that is eternal. But this material world, it goes through cycles. So the Vedic civilization, it's always there actually. Sometimes it's more prominent. And in other times, just like at the present time, the Kali Yuga, the age of degradation, then it becomes suppressed or worn out to some extent. But it's always there. This Hare Krishna center, it's also meant for Vedic culture. So it can take various uh, forms, but the the center of that is, uh, or the basis of that is um, Krishna consciousness. That's this summation. In Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says that by all the Vedas I am to be known. The main values of Vedic scriptures, yeah, to know Krishna and to live a life which is uh, conducive for understanding Krishna. When did they appear? The, the, Veda means knowledge. Knowledge is eternal. So it's not that, that they were 
someone just dreamed them up at some point in time. The Veda exists as Shabda, as sound. So that the sound of the Vedic mantras is eternally vibrating in space. And those who are rishis, which literally means a seer, S-double-E-R, they're able, they're able to perceive the Vedic sounds. It's just like they have their good radio antenna. They can perceive the Vedic sounds and they transmit them to human society. But the sounds are always there. So that means if, if, every, if, if every follower of the Vedic culture died, then anyway someone will come again and they will pick it up and transmit that. Because what is truth is eternally true. And the Vedas are eternal because they, they speak of what is true. So that can never be destroyed. What is true can never be destroyed. So it's always there. And from time to time in human society there are persons who are spiritually attuned and they transmit this. And the essence of all of that is Bhagavad Gita. Excuse me, sir. The sounds, so mantras, are not artificially made? No, no. The Vedic mantras are eternal. Yeah. Yeah, they're eternal sounds. They, they coexist with God and with the living beings eternally. So they're always there. And 5,000 years ago, uh, Vyasadeva, he wrote them down. Otherwise they were, they were um, transmitted in human society by uh, oral oral, uh, what shall we say, the oral method. But the Vedic sounds, they're very exact. They have a potency. The mantras, they have a potency. Various mantras have various different potencies. The best ones are for spiritual uplift. They destroy material desires. But the Vedic mantras, they, they, uh, they have to be pronounced exactly correctly. The, the pronunciation has to be correct. The tone has to be exactly correct. And the people who pronounce them, they have to be completely pure in their behavior. Otherwise the mantras don't have effect. So in the, in the modern age, Vyasadeva wrote them down because people's intelligence is decreasing. Now they think that people's intelligence is increasing. But actually, previously... Um, People were more intelligent. And I, you can even see the, the level of education, uh, even in the Western world, a hundred years ago. Not many people were educated, but the level of education was much higher. But now everyone's educated and they're reading tabloids and watching cartoons and pornography. <laughs> so, uh, previously people were highly highly educated but modern life makes people less intelligent the food the TV the education system it's just the, the whole culture is meant for making people who have enough intelligence to do what is required of them to run a few machines and this and that but the intelligence required for understanding the higher values of life that's not 
inculcated at all. It's just not there. And to understand the, the subtle philosophical truths of Vedic knowledge, it's difficult to find anyone who can even, even begin to enter that nowadays. Uh, even among our devotees, if we start talking just a little bit technically, then it just get lost. So, excuse me. That's why I'm, I'm asking myself, what should you practically do to, to, yeah. to internalize Vedic culture yeah. in yeah. one, let's say, casual person? Because they mean that, I don't know, um, being without uh, sexual activities, you mean you're stupid. I mean, you're crazy. That's what people think. Yeah. <laughs> they have no higher pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> Therefore, in their next life, they have to become pigs, <laughs> which is a better body, or dogs. If they think that sexual activity is the main purpose of life, then their human body is a bad deal. They're better off being a dog or a pigeon. (laughs) So, yeah, um, people are less intelligent, but therefore, in this age, we can get the essence of all Vedic understanding simply by chanting Hare Krishna. That's it. We don't have to become super intelligent, super philosophers. If we chant Hare Krishna and lead a sinless life. That means no meat-eating, no gambling, no intoxication, no illicit sex. And the, the complexity of Vedic culture, which it's not possible for people to follow in full in the modern age, uh, is everything is summarized by chanting Hare Krishna and leading a pure life. So chanting Hare Krishna could turn the person... Yeah, yeah, it changes people into different. In yes, yes. People become better. People become better, definitely. With people who are chanting Hare Krishna, they're not with the drunkards on Friday night. That seems better. Yeah, they'll be good citizens. They're not going to be smashing windows, rioting, and all this kind of thing. They'll live a peaceful life. And chant Hare Krishna. Joyful life. Purposeful life. Informed life. So yeah. It's 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 better for the country. And so so much good culture can come out of that. We find that the best culture in the Western world was the religious culture, just next door, Italy. It's a look at their churches, the architecture and the the uh, the paintings and it's all that was all religious and then in the modern age we were, we were just coming back from the uh, city center we went there chanting Hare Krishna we came past the modern art gallery and there was a bunch of garbage outside and that it was just it looked like some thrown out mattresses and then when I came back I realized it's modern art it just looked like someone had thrown some garbage there. But it was an exhibit. It's modern art. It's just garbage, that's all. And you get these madmen like Picasso and Van Gogh. They're literally madmen. And these are these are the great heroes of modern art. And then you get the music. It's... 
It just like sounds like some some animals grunting. And this, what is this, techno-rocket, it appeals to the lowest level of human consciousness. But uh, in, even in the Western world, the music, the art, the architecture, which was inspired by God, that was on a vastly better level than what we have now. Seems everything is confused. Very confused. Society is very confused. So, we're not confused. We're not confused and we're not stupid. We can boldly say this. Some people, they get rid of confusion by... They blindly believe in... I believe in Jesus. But there's, it's just a blind belief. There's, there's nothing... There's no philosophy behind it. Just they have the idea, you believe in Jesus... And then you go to heaven, wherever that might be, or what, you know, what you do there, but, and then everyone else goes to hell. It's a very childish understanding, which is why in the modern age, one reason many people become atheists is because what's presented as religion is, there's no uh, intelligent understanding there. I was also raised as a Catholic, but... There's nothing there. You, you ask the priest, they have no answers to your questions. But I got answers from the Krishna consciousness movement. Okay. And actually there's good evidence that the early Christians, they were also vegetarians. That Jesus himself was a vegetarian. And that uh, the, the early Christians, they believed in reincarnation. But it all got thrown out. There is still an island in Greece, Athos, an island called Athos. There are hundreds something monasteries there where, where, where the monks live there, uh, Christians, mm. and they're strictly vegetarians, and they yeah. basically live a pure life. They live a pure life. They, they have mystic powers also mm. by being so. Do you represent usually those pure Christians? You probably know for history. Mm-hmm. They were burned. Yeah, I think uh, as a heretics. I mean, the, the, yeah. basically, the history of the Western world is one of violence. Mm-hmm. I, I read a book a couple of years ago, a history of Christianity. I was, thought it might have some philosophical discussion. It's basically a history of killing, 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 which is another reason why in the West, people, many people have become atheists because the, the history uh, is just Protestants killing Catholics, Catholics killing Protestants and then crusades and then they went into America, North America, South America and just basically wiped out the local population yeah so it's, it's on and if we look at it it's not a very laudable history is it? not very so yes, time for a change. People can take this up. Do you, do you really think um, society in India is better than society here? In Europe? Uh, it's better in one very important way is that people are more open to understanding Krishna. Okay. In the, 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 that natural sentimental tendency is there. Not philosophically, but even sentimentally it's good. Uh, In the West, it's promoted that India is a complete dump. It's got so many social problems. All the women are burned to death. 
and so on. Although it's not as bad as they say. I mean, the family, in many ways, the, the society in India still today, it's, it's better than in the West. At least uh, almost all children, they live with their natural parents throughout their lives. The divorce rate is still very low, although the uh, proponents of modernism are doing what they can to pump it up. Um, I mean, that's, that in itself is a, is a big advantage over the West, isn't it? That children, they grow up with their parents, their parents take care of them. Uh, I'm, not saying every, I'm not saying there are no problems with the children, but it's like uh, in America, California especially, most, most children, they don't grow up with their biological parents. Maybe with one, with their mother. Yeah, usually with their mother. Like that. Or maybe they grow with two men or with two women. Yeah, that's also Excuse coming. Me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, so in that sense, India is better. In some ways it's better. It's all over the world, it's very confused. At least in India, you don't get, like here, you don't get hordes of drunken people wandering the streets. So... But if you say this, you try to compare, this is better, that's worse, then it's subjective. There's no, there's no end to it. There are good things in the West. They have, uh, in some parts of the West, they have this uh, socialized medical system. That's a good thing. Not in America. If you get sick, you're in trouble. In America. But that's a good thing they have... You know, you, if, you, if you get an injury, they take you to the hospital and they treat you. They don't ask who's going to pay the bill, they just treat you. There is no bill. So that's good. There are some, I'm not saying that the West is all bad. Or all the, I'm not saying the people are bad. But in general, in India also, they've lost the aim of life. People are materialistic. They've, they've lost their culture to a large extent. People... Well, the society has become like that. You need to get money. Whereas previously, people, they lived without... They, they didn't have they need money. You produce your own food at home. That's all. And what do you need money for? There's no, if you need something which you don't produce at home, from time to time you may need some, some pot or some utensil, then you trade. That's all. Life was very simple. And there was, even now, I'll tell you one incident. One friend of mine, devotee from America, he went to live in India. And he was, he was, he purchased some land and he was building, he was making some residential colony, all very simple, no electricity, natural materials. So he had a local man to employ local people on a daily basis, daily labor. And they were working slowly, not American style. He wanted dum, dum, dum. And Indian villagers, you know, going slowly. And he wanted to speed it up. So he said to the contractor, let's pay them more. Tell them work harder and we'll pay you more. And the contractor said, no, no, don't pay them more then they won't work. And the American devotee, he didn't believe it. And he, he, he directly paid them. He said, he told them all at the end of the day through an interpreter, now we're going to pay you double. Today I'm paying you double. I want you to work first. The next day no one came to work. 
And he asked the contractor, then why no one can I pay them extra? He said, well, they have enough to live for two days, and why should they come? When they need money, they'll come. They <laughs> <laughs> are far more smarter. <laughs> There's another story. It's a little bit long, but... Uh, there was a, a business, someone had just been to business school and he came in the village and he saw people are sitting in the shade, sitting around and they're talking with their friends. And he said, well, why aren't you working? You could work. And I said, why should we work? You know, we have enough what we need. Yeah, but you see, uh, you, could, you could earn more. And he said, what, what do you do? He said, well, I own some land and I have some mango groves and... I have enough, and you know, we work when we need to. So the, the man from the business school said, look, I'll give you a scheme. You can plant mango trees, you can cover all your land with mango trees, and then within 15 years you'll get so much money, and we'll put a factory, canning factory, or we'll, make, we'll export it, and we, you can get more and more money, and you get so much money. And then, uh, and then what? And he said, oh yeah, and then... Uh, and then what will I do? And then you can have a car. You say, well, I don't really need to go anywhere. I'm, I'm, I've got everything I need here. You see? And then uh, you can have a nice big house. And, yeah, okay. And then uh, at the end, you see, you can retire. And then you can peacefully sit and talk with your friends. And say, well, I'm already doing that. <laughs> Hopefully the change will come as soon as possible, right? Yeah. Would you like to add something? Would you like to add something? Uh, if, if I'm, that, is that, is it possible to buy or take this? Yeah, you can buy them if you like. Yes? We usually sell them. Um, you can give a donation. Okay. <laughs> If, uh, if I need something uh, to add, I, is it possible to get some, something from the books? Oh yeah, you can, you can quote this in your magazine. Quote whatever you like. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. If you have any questions, if you want to read this, they're quite readable. This is, this is, not, this is not philosophy. This is quite... Have you read this? Which one? Glimpses. Oh, quite, did you read this? I have. I think I have one in. Is that one in, in Croatian or English? It's in Croatian. This is this is the English version. You read it in Croatian. Huh? I think I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite. It's very readable. Easy. Easy reading. There was one picture. No strain. Traditional life is it? No strain for the brain. Like the Bhakti Siddhanta book. You want to show that? It's in that box. Bhakti Siddhanta book. Oh, yeah, I tried reading it. That's a strange. Yeah, here's some nice, nice pictures. Few photos. This box? Yeah, they're in that box. You can take the computer down. I thought maybe there are some special informations in a book, so maybe I can take some things and publish between the lines in a, in a frame. Bhagavad Gita is the best. Krishna book. Is there no open one? You can open it and show it if you want. Sure. Yeah. You can check. I'll do it
Yeah, this is, this is this is Natwa. This place I regularly visit. It's so nice. The whole town is just based around Krishna culture. Very uh, big culture. Uh, the the founder of that uh, school of Krishna devotion. There are different schools of Krishna devotion. So the founder of that, he wrote so many songs and so many books and. That whole culture is going on so nicely up to the present time. One very nice thing is the. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Natwar is famous for food. Natwar Prasadam. Puri is famous for food. Yeah, in our culture, it's very practical. We, apart from everything else, we have very nice Krishna food. Everyone can appreciate that. Some Krishna consciousness is a Kitchen religion. Mm-hmm. This one also should be open. Yeah, you, you can show that. Can we stop? Yeah. Stop, Anj. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good time.